barely got a brain. A damn shame, the girl can hardly spell her name. That's not our problem, that's up to Brenda's family. Well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. Now, Brenda really never knew a mom. Then a dad was a junkie putting death into his arms. It's sad, cause I bet Brenda doesn't even know. The treasure in the ghetto doesn't mean you can't grow. But oh, that's a vote. My own revelation. Do whatever it takes to resist the temptation. Brenda got herself a boyfriend. Her boyfriend was a cousin. Now let's watch the joy. And she tried to hide her pregnancy from a family who really didn't care to see or give a damn if she went out and had a church of kids. As long as when the check came, they got first this. Now Brenda's belly getting bigger, but no one seems to notice any change in her figure. She's 12 years old and she's having a baby. In love with the molester who's sex and the crazy. And yet, and also thinks that'll be with her forever. And dreams of a world with the two of them are together. Whatever. He left there and she had the baby solo. She had it on the bathroom floor and didn't know so. She didn't know what to throw away and what to keep. She wrapped the baby up and threw him in a trash heap. I guess she thought she did away
If I'm back, that means you're back, because I know you're ready. You're ready for another great show, and I got one for you today. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, man, I am ready for this. Hey, I missed y'all, man. <laughs> yeah, we took a month off, a little, little under a month. Hey, you know, everybody deserves a break, right? Of course. Y'all celebrated the holidays, and you got to hang out with your family and your friends, and good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I'm glad everybody needed a little break. You ever notice how to, around the holidays this time of the year, everybody get all happy and jolly, and they be some of the meanest people walking around the rest of the year? Hey, boy, I tell you, that's about some mess. But anyway, <laughs> hey, just little things that go through this scrambled mind of mine. But anyway, welcome to the show, man. We we have another outstanding one for you. You heard Tupac. Brenda's got a baby. And then, of course, the elements, Earth, Wind, and Fire, one of the greatest songs ever made to me. That's the way of the world. And I thought those two songs fit perfectly. Most of the part, what we're talking about, abortion and homelessness, homelessness, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to get back in the groove, so work with me here. Work with me. Work with me. All right, so anyway, so let me tell you how you be a part of the show. You want to comment on something we're talking about? Add your three cents to it. No problem. Just give me a call at 347-838-8622. Get email me, Eric Letts, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. Get room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. And... If you have other ways of communicating with me, feel 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 free to do so um, during the show, before the show, after the show. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as you talk to me. Okay. So those are all the things, ways you can communicate today. And um, I do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. I say, man, we, we have a very, excuse me, very interesting show today. And I know it's the first Monday of the year, so forth and so on. But, yeah, we finna rock and roll today. We starting off. We not starting off soft. We're going to start off with the hard stuff. Because what we're talking about anyway is going to be a discussion uh, um, point come midterm elections. I'm pretty sure it always is. Uh, but like everything else that they talk about, so put back in office. I don't do anything about it. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but we can only talk about it, right? Wrong. We definitely can do some things. We definitely can do some things. <laughs> so anyway, that's what, what we're going to be talking about right now. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing what your point of view of this whole thing is. Oh man, they changed the little the little symbols now. Somebody actually is raising their hand. That's interesting. All right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you know, let's let's get it going here. Let's talk about the, this homeless homelessness problem we have. It's very interesting in itself, and I don't think much attention is really put toward that problem. Well, I'm not going to say that. There's some attention. Okay, some. However. 
you know, nobody, the average Joe really doesn't think about it until maybe this time those snaps come through and you see them walk. How are they surviving out there in all this bad, crazy weather? You know, where are they sleeping at? You know, are they getting proper help? Pandemic thing. You know, I wonder how many of them actually got vaccinated. How many haven't got vaccinated? And how are they doing out there? See, we we so worry about our own little issues. We don't think about that. And, and when you talk about homeless people, you know, sometimes you have to go out there and talk to them, man. And their minds are such beautiful things most of the time. They, their minds are beautiful. And I say that because we, you know, us in the real world that has bills, that have bills, you know, children, family, whatever, that just drives us crazy, a lot of them out there are just mind free, free. You hear what I'm saying? Free. You know, mine's just chilling, you know, thinking of greater things. And when they tell us that, we look at them like they're crazy because we think they're beneath us. But a lot of them aren't. A lot of them got to have wonderful brains. Yeah, that's right. I'm a brain man. Have wonderful brains. <laughs> Not a zombie, though, okay? Yeah. You know, and you sit down and talk to them, you'd be surprised at what they tell you and what they know and what they have seen. You know, we, we, we so, you know, uh, recent studies say that the 10% of American citizens are homeless. Now, you have different categories of homeless, uh, of course. Um, you have those that choose to be out there, those that um, are homeless maybe a month or so. But we're talking about the ones that's year-round, homeless year-round. You know, are they getting any help? And, uh yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. But uh, y'all know what? Being that it's the first Monday, uh, I had to bring somebody in with me because, yeah, this person, they, they, they know what they're talking about when it comes to homelessness. Trust me. Plenty, big time work with the homeless. And, um, you know, insight is, is a great thing. So y- y'all know me just thinking I'll be on here just jabber jaw because, yeah, I try and find people that know a little bit about what we're talking about. Yeah, besides the little knowledge that I have. But anyway, enough of me rambling. Y'all know who this is, my my, my co-host, when when she's available, and uh, great knowledge, great going. So let me bring in the one and only P. Ross in the house. All right, Miss Ross, you there with me? Yeah, I'm here. How's everybody doing? Good to be back in 2022. Oh, yeah, it is 2022, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 2022. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, 2022. I, I forgot about that part of it. I just know it's a new year. You know, after a while, they begin to run together. You know, it's like one month after one month after one month. Oh, yeah, I don't have to go to work these few days. Okay, I'm good. Then the next month, then the next month, yeah. Yeah, then the bills come every month, so that that never changes. So that would drive you half crazy also. But anyway, <laughs> before we get off going somewhere else, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. So anyway, Ross, I was telling the about you know, your extensive work with the homelessness, the homeless, and, uh, how, how, how different circumstances are and how – you know, we we overlook overlook those that's out there on the street, especially this time of the year. You know, during thunderstorms and and, and snowstorms and things like that. Um, 
And, you know, we, we just overlook it because it's not really in our bubble unless it personally affects us. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's easy just to drive by the man with a sign on the street or the woman with a sign on the side of the street and say, oh, yeah, it's a scam. But really, you know, most times it, it, it's not. they just trying to, you know, they just trying to make it. they just trying to get money maybe to go into Flying J or the pilot to get a shower or um, to get something to eat or just get a place to stay tonight, you know. So, you know, we never know, you know, what the purpose is until we actually talk, stop, and, and talk to these people and relate to them as, as human beings rather than, you know, just that bum, you know, standing on the side of the road begging for money. Right. Right. And, and and you know what else? You know, it's easy for us to see people out there say, yeah, that's a scam. He's a scammer. And we know, let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. We know there's some people out there that just don't have their scruples on correctly and are using it, you know, using the look of homelessness to, you know, get money unnecessary. Well, I'm not going to say unnecessary money, but. Um, um, the scam, normal people that, you know, play on their affections, the ones that do feel sorry for those standing out there on the corner or what have you. You know, before you can say, okay, yeah, I donate a little, I give a little bit of money here, reaching your change, um, holding, get a little change or whatever you have. And then all of a sudden it just became a, a, a phenomenon or a, uh, a regular thing. You know, you get to see it every, everywhere you stop at now and you just don't know who's who's real and who's not anymore and i think that plays a little bit into the perception of who the homeless really are what do you think about hey tell us about some homeless because you know i know you go out and feed the homeless and, and you you do have a lot of dealings with them and you actually talk to them which is a great thing i wonder how many politicians actually walk through a real homeless camp and talk to those individuals you know do you see them holding um well, these town halls and whatever in these little nice secured areas, but how many of them actually walk down and talk to the homeless, talk to some of these people out here, and get a better understanding about in home? The question is, will you be able to end homelessness? I don't. I doubt it because there are some people that just prefer to be out there. And that Please. is true. And, and, that I, is true. And, and, and talking with some people around here. Um, where I live, you know, there are some people they don't they don't want to be a so-called part of society. They rather still live in their little tent out in the woods and whatever. If you bless them with some food, you know, they're always grateful. Um, some of them have um, PO boxes and stuff near where um, they're located or whatever, and um, they're able to to get their meals or get their benefits or whatever. Many of them that I have talked to, some of them are veterans, some of them have um, mental health issues, um, and, and that environment of being in the wilderness or being outside, you know, is, is just more comfortable or more beneficial, you know, for their quality of life. Um, a lot of them, some of them, you know, they have pets, they have dogs with them, you know, which is like of course, their best friend that that they support. So some sometimes, you know, they'll ask for food or whatever for for their pets rather than you know food for themselves. 
Um, it, 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 it's just a plethora of differences between the people that you, you, you will meet. And not just, you know, men, um, uh, adult men or women, but children as well because there are children who are out here in the streets, you know, with their parents for, you know, whatever reason, because they don't have a place to live. You know, they don't have a place to stay for for whatever reason. And there's not, um, my from my experience just here, you know, there's not enough resources or avenues for these people to get the help that they need. Some of them qualify, you know, for veterans benefits. Some of them may qualify to receive Social Security, disability benefits. But if there's no one there to, you know, actually um, guide these people by the hand through the process, it's never going to happen, you know. So they do the best that they know how to do and, and, and how to manage you know, on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis. And some of them are, you know, some of them are ornery because they rather not, you know, be bothered. You know, you might be, you know, on, on a few occasions I've been out passing out food and passing out plates and, you know, got cussed out because (laughs) it was too early in the morning. (laughs) I was, I was interrupting them or waking them up or, 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 or whatever. But, you know, we, we we have to be in a place where we understand their state of mind. Okay, you don't want the plate right now, I'm I'm gonna leave it here, you know, and, and and if you want it later it's here so so you can get it. Dropping off blankets, dropping off clothes, you know, water, food, you know, just you know, things that, you know, can make their life more more comfortable until they get to the point where they're really um, able or really willing to walk into a facility and see what kind of help they can get, you know. Um, not only that, another problem an, an, another problem with the homeless is the lack of identification. A lot of them don't have birth certificates. A lot of them don't have, you know, ID, which we know in this country, you can't do anything without a Social Security card and without an ID. So that presents a, a, a problem as as well. And then for those who who want to work, but you know, um, prohibited from working because of backgrounds or background checks. You know, it, it it's it's just an array of reasons why you know they're in the situation that they're in, and and it's not always solely their fault. Sometimes it's circumstances and situation and societal laws and rules that without help from somebody or some government entity or some social agency, they're just not going to be able to overcome on their own. Very true. Very true. And you know what? You are absolutely, absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah. And those are, are actually presented. You know, or when you when you're dealing with the home homelessness, which is yeah a, a a a problem in itself, and you know you 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 look at um yeah excuse me I'm typing at the same time um you you have to really think about this sometimes and and really stop stop you know downing these individuals out there you know because it's interesting because you have two types of homelessness you have the shelterless and what they're done with the sheltered, 
And basically, yeah, see, and once again, that was something I didn't even know, you know, because most people, homelessness, homeless is homeless, you know what I mean? But you have those, you know, that are sheltered and those that aren't. Now, which is, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, the shelterless, of course, are those that are just out on the street. You know, they're out there. And then you have those that may be going from home to home or, or, or um, what's the other one? The shelters going from shelter. Yeah, oh. home to shelter to home to shelter. Yeah. Yeah. But see, but even with the numbers, like in your state there in Texas, you know, last count they had, which the count is done every January because funds are, are, are allocated, you know, during that time for each state. Um Right. Have you? They have Texas as sheltered homeless three thousand five hundred sixty last count, and unsheltered homeless four thousand and seventy eight. The problem with those numbers, as it is with 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 any state, is it doesn't reflect the 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 true population because there are many who go uncounted. You know. Um, because nobody's going in, like you say, in the camps, in the woods. You know, nobody really knows, you know, how to locate these people and to get an act, an accurate, you know, a, a totally right. accurate count. And, and we're never exactly. going to be able to get a, a totally accurate count just for that reason, even in the sheltered places, because you are considered homeless if you're just sleeping on somebody's couch, you know, but... Sometimes those people are missed. They are not counted because, you know, they don't truly consider themselves homeless because they're they sleeping on a relative's couch or staying with a friend or whatever. Right. You know? Right. So, exactly. So, yeah. See, that's why I bring you as a co-host because you got it all, man. You be knowing them things. But, um. <laughs> let's let's bring in I'ma say the third part of this broadcast team. Someone that's been here with me forever. Uh the one the only Joe. Joe, where you at? Joe say Hey Joe. <laughs> Happy New Year, P. How you doing? I'm doing good. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Ah, I got a homeless story for you. Okay. Over the summer, there's a park that I've been going to for years. So while I've been going to, the, to this particular park during the summer, there have been some homeless people there. Um, listening to them talk amongst each other, there was one particular uh, uh, guy who had a free spirit. He was very outgoing, very friendly. So I befriended him. As a result, I gave him a tactical flashlight. I gave him a jacket. Um, I gave him miniature check, uh, chuckers and chess sets, mm-hmm. and I gave him information about how to get out of homelessness. I gave him information about the legal system. I printed it out on my computer. I gave him offices that he could go to, and I forgot the other, the, the third information I gave him. Well, anyway, he went to one office, social social services office, so he said. But at the time when I was talking, he also introduced me. Um, to a woman. She's not homeless. She's like me. She's from the community. She goes to the park. She befriended him. So as a result of my befriending him, he introduced her to me. So she and I became friends. 
But mm-hmm. the thing, what happened was is that when we first knew him, he, she knew him for a year. I only met him uh, this particular summer. He was lucid. You could talk to him. You could have a conversation with him. He had um, an indomitable spirit. Right. Over, the, over the next few weeks, the guy must have become, he, he got, must have got re-hooked on drugs. So now he made friends with other people who went to the park and frequented, you know, about three or four other people. They don't talk to him anymore because he alienated them. Now he's alienated me because he's once them gone back on drugs and he can't talk coherently. He, um, he, he likes to start verbal confrontations. So what went from a good thing went to a bad thing as a result. Plus, he made more money. He had, he had money coming in from a pension, and he never got out of the situation. He, I mean, he had a lot of money coming in. He could have rented an apartment um, easily and, and found a way out of the situation to have an apartment to go home to, and then from there go get a job. But he never got out of it. So Wow. There's a guy there that, um, you know, he, the other homeless people there, they just kept to themselves, and we didn't care. You know, keep to yourself, no problem. But this guy, like I said, he was friendly. He had a good spirit. But now he's the guy that's just like the rest of the homeless. He's just, you know, probably probably just out of it now. It's a shame, too. Yeah, wow. those are those are. Those are the the, the 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 kind of people that that you know I, I was I was I was talking about. We don't really know their mental health state. You know, it may you know it may be drugs. It may be that he was on medication when you met him, and and now he's not anymore. Yeah. But when I say you know they have to you know they have to be handheld and guided through the system, whether it means you know. Uh, making sure they get a place to stay, making sure they pay their rent, because I had this one person who recently passed, and that was the process that I had to go through with, you know, with her. You know, constantly, you know, constantly, you know, I I don't, for lack of a better word, just fussing at her, making sure that, you know, her, 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 her rent was paid, her utilities were paid, that she was looking for a job, that she was doing the things that she needed to do for herself. Right. Um, because when she right. came to our ministry, she was she was living in a hotel with six, seven, you know, other people. And then when they didn't have money for a hotel, you know, they were just out on the street or sleeping in a all night McDonald's or something like yeah. that. Right. You know, but bring transition her transitioning her out of that to where she started working to where she you know was 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 in her own place and being able to to have all of the things that she need we did apply for um disability for her but she passed away before um it was uh, granted to her you know And, and it's a shame that that process takes so long because it was like three years of applying being denied going for an appeal, right. you know, being denied that, and then starting the process all over, over again. again. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's kind of crazy how the system is sometimes um, against the very people that they need to help. So, um, you know, but 
you know, she was in a good place, you know, when she, when she passed. All of her bills were paid, you know, right. um, and 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 she could she got to a place where where she could hear me because she know like okay, you know, I was just like a no nonsense um, type of person, right. making sure. She didn't skip her doctor's appointment because that's one thing she didn't do. Because most of those people, you know, I don't know why, they just don't like to go to doctors. They know they're ill. They know they need to see them. They know they need to take the medication. they treat them like shit. This exactly. guy was the same way. And, and exactly, yeah. exactly. And you are exactly right. So they need, they, they need an advocate right. who's going to be there and who's going to, Speak with their doctors because I was on all of her paperwork. Every doctor, oh, okay. every, my name was all, all on everything as her emergency contact. When she had problems with her landlord, she knew all she had to do was call me and I get that lady right together, you know. Uh-huh. And even 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 her doctors, you know, because like she was going to um, one one facility and she was telling me how they were treating her. I said, "Well, find somewhere, find somewhere else to go." Who said you have to go there? You know, and right. I called, you know, we, we called around, talked to some people, you know, and explained the situation, you know, and it was a better, it, 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 it was better for her than where she was going before, you know. So you're right. There there are, you know, the these places where, because I don't know why, I guess they see them as less than or whatever, and, and they feel like they have the right to talk down to them yeah. or or treat them any kind of way. But, no, you don't – that's that's still a human being, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you forget, you know, you may be in that same place one day because keep living. You're going to get older. Let and me you're tell not you. going to be able to do everything <laughs> that you can do for yourself now. Right. You know, and, and, and if the word of the Bible is true, you reap what you sow, then, mm-hmm. hey, you better look out because it very may, well may be that same that that same doctor or nurse nurse that you go that you go to to see in your time of need and they treat you like crap and talk to you like you're nothing. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, in the chat room, Pancake said, "Where are the churches in the flock?" Yeah. And I respond, there are a lot of churches that do things for the homeless. However, it's sad there are others that have the resources that fail to act or, or try and help as well. Yeah, okay, let's, let's be honest. There's some out there that just don't want to help because, like Joe said, they've been treated like crap uh, or, or, you know, they've gone and, and just been so frustrated with, with the red tape and the paperwork. And like Ross said, because they don't have the, the proper ID or paperwork yeah. needed to get the help, you know, they're just turned away and nobody thinks a second about it. You know, exactly. I, I can hit, yeah, I can hit those people tomorrow. Well, they just overloading the system anyway, so if they don't have it, they don't have it. But really, I, I mean, if you were out there on the streets yourself, would you want to be treated that way? Uh, let's be, let's exactly. be real. And, <laughs> yeah. Heck and no. And their anxiety at night. This guy was telling me before I, uh, and it's only recently now, the last week, that I'm just going to have to tell him, you know, eventually, you can't, uh, you can't talk to him because he likes to be contentious now. And I can't understand him because he's, in, he's, he's now incoherent because he told me he was going to the hospital every day, you know, for some sort of treatment. I don't know if he can, he's continuing to go or whatnot, but with the money, let's just put it like this. 
sometimes they don't want anybody to help them because I believe, and I was discussing this with the woman that he introduced me to, some of them must must have like a, not just a fear of failure but a fear of success in that if even if they get what they want, it'll be ripped away from them. So they probably don't want to try to achieve a goal because that goal will eventually be taken away. So they just rather, you know, it's it's a simpler life to be on the street. It's a more it's a very uh, contentious and a very tense life because when it comes nighttime, somebody can come along and rob you. So they don't lead an easy life. So their mental um, their mental health is you know very much in question. And the churches, the synagogues, the mosques should do more for them. Oh, see now, see you you done went into a whole different realm now, Joe. You done went into a whole different realm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but uh, you know, and, and yeah, you're right. There should be other more um, institutions or organizations willing to help. And you bring up a very you know I'm gonna say touchy but interesting uh, um, view. Mm-hmm. You know, when you said the mosque, we we talk about Muslims and you know Catholics and whatever. But in my opinion, that shouldn't even matter. You know, if you're there to help the homeless, it shouldn't matter what their 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 uh, religious affiliation is. However, we know that in some cases that is is definitely the case. But um, I haven't heard of any instances where that has happened. Have you, Ross? Where someone said, you know, they were turned down because of their religious affiliation? Um, I have actually heard that. I have actually heard really? uh, uh, people um, on the street um, or people who were in need um, turned away by some churches who were told uh, they weren't they weren't they weren't members or uh, weren't Catholic. They didn't pay tithe, They didn't <laughs> yeah. pay. They didn't pay tithes and offering into that church. Or, or what have you? I have actually, I have actually heard that. And now that is, now that is true. However, uh, for the most part, the churches that do extend the olive branch, for lack of of, of a better word, um, they are overwhelmed with the services that they provide, and they do as much as they they can. But the need is so great that they're just not able to meet the need in that city. Now, there are some churches, you know, who feed the homeless, clothe the homeless, give out gift baskets, you know, every holiday they're doing something, or every week they're out there, you know, feeding people, giving meals, you know, providing transitional housing and all of this stuff. But a a lot of those churches, they don't have the staff nor the volunteers or the financial stability to keep all of that going. Right. Because a lot of them, because contrary to popular belief, most of the churches that are doing that on a consistent basis do not receive government funds for what they are doing. Mm-hmm. 
see, because either they they don't qualify for the grants because there's so much record keeping that they have to do. Right. They also need a grants writer. They need an accountant to track those funds and all of that. Now, the larger churches, yeah, they may have that. But I'm talking about the smaller congregations, maybe 300 and less people. Mm-hmm. You know, they do it out of the fundraisers, the tithes and offering, and all of those things, you know, in order to meet the needs of the people. You know, they don't they don't get, you know, the federal government grants or the state grants in order, you know, to assist them, you know, to, 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 to do that. So they are truly overwhelmed with the need that is in these cities and trying to, you know, meet the needs of those people. Yeah. I have to commend you, P, because you're saying that you actually have people that you actually personally take care of. You're on their uh, paperwork. You you stick with them even if they are um, committing self-sabotage. Now, see, I don't have that kind of patience. Um, you know, it's... If you're, if I see that you're not helping yourself, regardless of the fact that you're that you have a mental health problem, then you're wasting your time. I'm wasting your time. You're wasting my time, and I'm wasting my time. And I'd have to go on to somebody else. See, you 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 apparently stick it out with certain people that um, time and time again either don't show up for an appointment, don't show up for an interview, have problems with the landlord, and you still stick with them. So I have to commend you. I, I never knew you were involved with the homeless. Uh, no wonder you're so irritable. I'm only kidding. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really. Oh, Lord. No. Oh, my I had to say that. You know me. I had to say it. I had to. Uh, I, I, know. Know. I, know. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it's and it's and it's nothing is nothing to be is nothing to be commended. It's just having the compassion for people and putting yourself in their place. That if I was ever, God forbid, in a state like that, I would want someone, you know, to stand by me, regardless of the foolishness that you know I, I might cause or I, that I might present. You know, until I could get to a place where, okay, my mind is clearer. Right. Now I, I can see things much better and, and right. really get a foothold on my life and then mm-hmm. have that person or that entity, you know, not right. just me, but, you know, a whole church of people. Because it wasn't just me that, you know, because when I, I, she called me most of the time, but it was other people in the ministry, you know, who also assisted. Uh-huh. You know, and, and 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 so to speak, set her straight or took her to doctor's appointments or, you know, um, picked her up from the grocery store when, when she didn't have a ride or, or whatever, you know, that, that helped her as well, you know, and, and just realizing that it's not up to one person or one church, but that it's truly up to the community. And if we can stop, you know, uh, being denominationally divided and right. truly be an Acts 2 church, be a body of Christ, like it says, they had all things in common, it would be a lot better rather than, you know, saying, oh, well, you're not a member of this church. Oh, well, you're not sewing into our church or whatever, so we can't yeah. help you. And realizing that, you know, this is a human being, you know, I'm supposed to be a child of God, you know, I'm supposed to be my brother's keeper, 
you know, if we truly live by the word of God and not really trying to find a reason to turn somebody away because of religious doctrine or what happened. Yeah. Well, even the churches can be with each other, of course. Like everybody else does, competing. <laughs> yeah, that. You know what? You know when you get to that point, you know it's more about a status thing than anything. You know, mm-hmm. if you're out there helping, you know you help. You don't want any cameras around. You're doing it as P say, you know, because of the the love out of your heart. You yeah. know, but Joe, you said something earlier about you know mentally ill, you know, and I think that's in a lot of cases where we do need the more patience. And the reason why I say that is because you know some of them mentally disabled. Or mentally yeah. ill may not be able to actually understand or comprehend some of the the, the, the paperwork or, or yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, procedures that they need to to get to help. In, in right. other words, so yeah, I think that's where a lot of patience is needed. Yeah, you got them some of them knuckleheads out there. That they just not gonna do right because you know they just used to being being in the situation they are. You yeah. know and. And, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but for those individuals, you know, there's only so much you can do. But for the ones that truly really want to help and need to help, you know, and that will accept it and, and continue to, 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 to try and, and get a better life, then, yeah, that's, that's the one people I think really, really need, need to help. Now, for those, for those, those that's counted that, you know, going from house to house because they just don't want to pay rent nowhere, you know, that's, that's something totally different. Just too lazy to get up off their butts and, and go and find a job. That's something totally different. But the, true, the truly homelessness uh, um, and the mentally ill that's out there on the streets, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think they can do better. And, yes, we know states get plenty of federal money, plenty of federal dollars that uh, help, supposedly help and build build new housing and stuff like that. But instead of building new houses, um, there are cities that have plenty, I mean, pl- a plethora of empty warehouses or, you know, um, old apartment buildings that can be converted to the, for some of these individuals that want to, you know, do better. Yeah. You know, but once again, you get the politicians involved and all this other paperwork, and it seems like the money just doesn't get to where it needs to be. You, you but know? not only that. You're right about the politicians, um, and I am agreeing with you, especially on the point where you were talking about if uh, the homeless person will accept the help, then I'd be glad to help. But for a person who is going to say, yeah, I'll do this, but doesn't show up, doesn't do what they say they're supposed to do, I don't have a very um, uh, a very long attention span anyhow. But there's another thing when it comes to converting, let's say, warehouses. Communities do not want... Homeless shelters in their neighborhood, and I can't blame them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's the, that's the other other aspect of it, also. You know, that that's the other aspect. But in in that case, then where are you gonna put them? Out there by a landfill somewhere? I mean, no, you gotta have I, you know, yeah. You really should I have mean, resources for them, but. Right. I remember I, I used to go to a training program for the government, and right next to the um, to the uh, to the school that was giving out the training program was a homeless shelter, and they had to have guards. 
because sometimes the, they would get a little fan punches. There were a couple who were obviously um, out of it. I remember one time, a couple of times, I, I remember one guy who used to live there. I used to see him cross the street. There was <laughs> go to the other side, then come back to the other side where we left, just to go back to the other side where he just left and and do this as a ritual, you know, for a few minutes at a time on a semi-regular basis, which indicated to me, you know, he really needed some psychiatric help. So right. there are people who, um, you know, not because of any, um, you know, any fault of their own, but they become mentally ill. And even if you mm-hmm. weren't mentally ill before you became homeless, the fact that you've got to be scared to go to sleep at night, the fact that you don't know where your meal's coming from, the fact that people ignore you like you're the plague, um, you, you, you know, you're worried about keeping warm in the wintertime, that'll make you, that'll, I'm sure that'll make you mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah, that, that, that is that's, d- that's definitely... Yeah, yeah. stress alone and just wondering, like you say, where your next meal is going to come from or, or, or whatever yeah. could lead you into a state of depression. Sure. Yeah, especially, see, and we haven't even touched on the, the part with families with kids, children and things like that, you know, oh, because yeah. that's a whole different um, type of stress right there. You know, you're just not looking out for yourself. You got your, you have the children right. you have to look out for. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me bring. Uh, oh no. Let me bring Pianki in and let him get his two cents on, on in on homelessness before we move on to the main topic of abortion. Oh, and don't be talking about no abortion, hey. Pianki. We talking about homelessness. Listen. First of all, I like to say New Year. But uh, hello, Ross was, Yeah. Good morning. Ross correct on what she was saying. But see, churches get taxes themselves because they're supposed to provide a service that otherwise people will look to the federal government for. And the government do provide assistance in building housing units and come to mention the church where Mike Brown's funeral was had in St. Louis, they built a big housing unit with funds that was uh, co-sponsored by the federal government. So those things do happen and do go on. And then Joe was right also. Uh, blacks who get good jobs, able to move out of the quote-unquote hood into the suburban area. Now, when the urban areas run down, the politicians would put those people out in those same areas where blacks have just bought homes, have good schools, and then the next thing you know, the property values start dropping. Well, that is a travesty because the people, those blacks that moved into those areas, have a right to expect for their property to appreciate so that they can have that intergenerational wealth and be passed down to their kids. And that is a problem. I've seen that in Bell Fountain, just the name, the name, put names to these places where they took townhouses, what were townhouses for a long time, then people up and moved because of the oncoming, and now you have Section 8 and that in those areas. 
And it got to a point where people in North St. Louis County, which is predominantly overwhelmingly black, told the politician, don't send those more of that over here in our area because of that. Now, hey, I feel for those who's homeless. I've taken money out of my pocket. Me and my grandson, sometimes we see somebody who's homeless, we go by. You know about White Castles, Eric? Ross, you know about White Castles, don't you? The hamburger? Yeah, I know about White Castles. I used to go out and buy the 30-pack. Mm-hmm. And we go and we give it to somebody that's on the street. In some cases, we take them home so they this form when they get to the house so they can feed their kids. Mm-hmm. At times when I've seen sleeping in a doorway, I park my car trunk and get my favorite work on the underneath side of my car blanket lay down on the ground and go over and cover that person up. So you can't say that people don't have heart and I know I have heart for them because I've given I don't know how much. I really don't try to keep count of that. But I don't know what to tell you. This is a, this is a multiplied thing, Eric. One thing, we talk about the lack of education that's going on in your public schools. Well, if young people aren't being educated, then they fall into that trap. They fall You're into right. that trap where they that, come through school. They come through problem. school. They are not that able to that. take advantage of the opportunity that exists out there. What opportunities am I talking about, Eric? What an opportunity that you got foreigners here in this country taking advantage of in the tech and medical fields. Do you know that 77% of black doctors in the United States are Nigerian? And of all black doctors, 80-some-odd percent are from Africa. Well, where's the black American kids? Think. Anyway, that's enough. You know what? I want to commend everybody here on the phone. Like I said. Like I said earlier, you know, with, with, with the situation of, of people coming out of out of homelessness, if 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 there's nobody sometimes to hold these kids' hands going through school, somebody to help them with their homework, somebody you know, somebody to truly take an interest in them and not teach just a general lesson, but really look at children because every child does not learn the same way. Okay, my my grandkids are are in a uh, a STEM class, you know, a math and science program. Keelan wants to be a, a scientist. They are A B, you know, honor roll students mm-hmm. every quarter. But that's not because of the way the teachers are 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 teaching or their lack of teaching. That's because they have a mother, a father, grandmother, auntie who, hey, what is your homework? What did you learn in school today? You know, yeah. giving them, you know, giving them, you know, at Christmas time in, in, instead of a bunch of toys and things, but giving them those things that they're interested in, you know, science kits, you know, where they're doing different experiments, you know, where they're expanding their knowledge in the things that they are interested in. Keelan is, is, is going to a mag lab. He's only 10 years old. We have a mag lab here in um, Tallahassee through FSU. He's going there and see how all of those things operate. He knows stuff about stuff that I don't even know about. He be telling me stuff. I say, okay, let me let me look that up because I have no idea what you're talking about. 
you know. So so the, just having, you know, things outside of school that's going to pique their interest in the field that they want to go in. And not only that, having a place where they can go and actually see people working in those professions. Because until they see it, it, a lot of times for our black children, for our African-American children, they don't believe it's, an, it's a reality. You can tell them all day, oh, this is what you can do and this is what you can accomplish. But until they see it, they see enough, you know, basketball, sports players, football players and all the rappers and all that crap. No, they need to see some professionals, some executives. They need to see something else outside of the entertainment and the sports field that's truly going to pique their interest and, and make them truly know that, yes, you can accomplish this. I believe yes. that a lot of times our children don't have that. They just don't have those opportunities. And, and she is absolutely right. All of that, in many cases, a lot of this is free. You can go to the university and listen to lectures in many areas, whether it's science, medicine, they're free. You can see how a child can sit there and listen how a lecture on those levels uh, assort and assemble the words that they're using and how they do it to convey a message. We need that. Where are the chemistry and the chemical lectures? You know what a chemical lecture is? A chemical lecture is where a chemical engineer would come out with many different displays of how uh, certain chemicals make water turn from one color to another color to another color. A chemical lecture will show how uh, dry ice, carbon dioxide, how it interacts with magnesium. And, you know, here's the funny thing. If our young people was more astute in something like even carbon dioxide, this whole crap about climate change wouldn't even be happening because you have, they say it's carbon dioxide that's helping to cause the climate change. Well, you got carbon dioxide that's used to cause your frizzle and your soda. When you break that tab, it's a That's carbon dioxide being leased. When you have a kitchen fire, you use a carbon dioxide fire extinguisher. It occurs all over the place. So one of the reasons you can be bamboozled because you haven't been taught about what it is that they're bamboozling you about. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, that's all about introducing the child to to those things. As Raw said, you know, we they're too busy being introduced to twerking and, you know, Cardi B's or, or Antonio Browns or, you know, uh, or whoever, you know, in, in, in entertainment or athletic because – been conditioned to think that that is the easiest way out, and, and it's not. I remember as a child, we used to go in, to go to the symphony, symphony um, um, art museums, you know, all kind of things. So we were introduced to those kind of types of uh, of different culture and things like that, and and that's what needs to happen now. Once again, though, you, you get a lot of political kickback or, and fighting about it, and it just creates, you know, nobody wants to do it because they can't afford it or what have you. So it's Let me ask really you a up question, to the parents Eric. now. Yes. When you was at the sympathy, how many musicians did you see down in the pit that was black? Come quite on. a few. Actually, quite a you few. You've seen a lot? Yes. Well, you're doing good, and you're in Philadelphia, aren't you? No. That's that's what, that was in Florida back in the oh, day. Florida. <laughs> 
All right. Well, then yeah. that was the that was you got the Philadelphia, you got the Chicago Sympathy, the Philadelphia. Those musicians make good money. They make over the eighty thousand dollars a year. But the ones I've seen, I hardly ever see any black musicians that's playing for the Sympathy. And one of the reasons why because they don't have the music in the schools like they once did. Those music are facts also. I, Those um, are facts as well. Go ahead, Joe. Then I'm gonna bring this lady in. Go ahead. Okay. I want to say one more time, especially since Bianchi's here. I want to commend all of you, especially and um, maybe even this lady. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, for because we've known each other for years, how many of us would have thought that any of us, Bianchi, you, Eric, um, even though you haven't told your story yet, I'm sure you've had more than just a passing interest in some of the homeless people. P. Ross. Myself, how many of you would have thought that I or Pianchi would have had enough heart because you've seen the contentious side of me <laughs> um, to have more than just a passing interest in homeless people to actually befriend them, to actually look out for them to a certain degree? And I certainly haven't done it um, to the level that P. Ross has, and um, nor Pianchi, you know, buying a 30 pack, help uh, bringing them home, stuff like that. But I never would have thought. Like we all knew that we were nice, but we didn't know that we that we all had a heart. So I want to commend all of us and me, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go on and pat yourself on the back. Why not? I you? am. I just can't yeah, stop. Please, please, Joe. This hand, this hand for you, Joe. This hand yeah. for you. I know, right? <laughs> All right, so let's go on to bring Miss Lady into to the conversation. Okay, welcome to the show, Miss Lady. What do you have for me? Okay, uh, as to Joe's comment, yes, I've been nice to homeless, and people that I found out later were not homeless, but acted like they were. Oh. I bought them meals. Ah. I've given them money. In fact, about 30 years ago, I was so upset when I found out this Hispanic man who acted like he had walked across the border, he didn't have anything at all. I gave him my last $25 out of my wallet. And then I saw him two days later in front of a liquor store drinking, okay? Mm, yeah, <laughs> and, that and the people there said, oh, that man, that's where he got that money from to buy all that wine with. <laughs> okay, so anyway... Okay, he was not homeless, okay? Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, but, okay, there's a couple of things. When you say Pianchi, I just keep hearing the, remembering the phrase, some folks just ain't going to make it. That's Pianchi's phrase. But um, there's a lot of issues going on. The big socioeconomic disparities, which are continuously growing, it's just unbelievable. You know, the country's not going to make it. I don't think in the future, um, if it keeps going on the way it's going. Um, there's um, union workers. I think it's, um, where's Warren Buffett? In Arkansas? I think Omaha. Might be in Arkansas. Omaha, I think. Well, I think, I don't know if they're in Omaha or Pennsylvania, but anyway, they've been on strike for three or four months. Um, this group of men, who I think are iron workers or something like that. And because of, you know, they need more pay and they have a union 
and they've been striking. And Bernie Sanders wrote a letter to Warren Buffett saying, you know, you own this company or you have a major interest in this country, in this, in this company. Um, you've advocated for people being paid a living wage, having medical benefits. They want to increase their, I think, medical premiums from like 250 to like 2000 or something crazy. Um, give them no pay raise this year, maybe 1% a year and 2% two years from now. And it's just, you know, inflation, because of inflation, you know, you just can't afford to live in the way that it's been going. And so Warren Buffett said, I'm sorry, it's not my problem, but I'll pass your letter on to um, the CEOs of the company. I don't run the company. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it's it's really the dis- social economic disparity, which brings about, I think, a lot of depression. And I think there's a whole energy field around impoverished areas that are destitute, impoverished, a lot of crime, despair. The energy level is so low. And I believe there's a lot of depression and anxiety, and which when you have a lot of that, you can't really think very clearly. It's, it's very hard to be motivated. Um, and especially if your surrounding area has a lot of negativity. So I think a lot of the, of, the, of um, uh, and some of the schools, in terms of the disparity in the schools, oh, my goodness. You know, you go to the affluent areas, and, of course, probably tax support, and the parents even contribute extra money because they mm-hmm. want their children, you know, to have a quality education. They have even beautiful high-tech libraries with a cafe and a garden, Okay. They have all of the parents who are uh, scientists and physicians and computer PhDs are helping teach classes. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the poor little ghetto school. They have rats uh, have it, uh, living up under the, ha- uh, under the building. They don't have toilet tissue. You know, the kids stop up the toilets, they're overflowing. It's nasty. It smells. You know, um, the buildings are old and decrepit. You know, it's it's such a difference, and you know, and so, and and what the what the message is is that you kids don't matter. You don't matter at all. And so, I just think hmm. it's hard to grow up and be motivated. Motivate yourself to go sit. You know, go find a college and sit in a class around people that you don't really can identify with to learn chemistry. I have to really thank my mother for motivating every single one of us and taking us to the libraries. It was a different world then. You know, reading with us, taking us to church, Bible study, music lessons, you know, campfire girls, uh, you know, all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just whatever you Mm. can do to stimulate your brain. I took shorthand when I was uh, 12 and typing when I was 12 years old during the summer. Just to stimulate your brain, um, uh, what do you call it, knitting when I was, we were uh, 10 and 11 years old. Uh, music, <clears throat> you know, piano, clarinet, flute, whatever. Saxophone for my brother, you know. It's just really, it, it really depends on your family and the surrounding environment hmm. and, and your support system. 
Are the people motivated? Do they believe in you? Do they encourage you? Do you have small successes which build on bigger successes? Mm-hmm. So you can take the next step. You feel comfortable maybe catching the bus to a, a class because you've had all these other successes and you've been encouraged. So it's really sad to me how it's the, the disparity is just getting wider and wider. Another thing is the Nigerian, I've, the only Nigerian doctors I met were Igbo. And Igbo are historically known to be the very accomplished, highly educated group of Nigerians. And I've met a number of Igbo physicians, and they're married to physicians. Um, I've met some Igbo who uh, were attorneys. They come, they don't come from impoverished little villages in Nigeria. Their families have resources. Since that is true. As, to, as undergrad true. students, because mm-hmm. one of my family members used to date a, a guy who's now an administrative law judge, but that's, he was educated in England undergrad. Okay. So that's how it works. It's, nothing is happens by circumstance. It's all interrelated. Well, you know, you got to look at the ones that's born here, second and third generation. I've helped some that came here with dirt poor. Uh, a female who uh, was going through a certified nursing assistant, then she went on to become a nurse. But I'm interested the place that you say where they're trying to get uh, more for their health benefits. What's, do you know the name of that company? Because in my business, I hired iron workers. Oh, I don't know. I just read about it in um, uh, on the internet two days ago. So if you do um, <laughs> Bernie Sanders' letter to um, Warren Buffett um, about workers' pay, you can probably find it. I think it was okay. iron workers, you know, workers or something like that. I, I, it yeah. was some kind of manual labor. Yeah. You make a good point. But they. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You make a good point because just think about this. It's all right. To, you know, our children are so fascinated with sports, especially football and basketball. And I see where Obama and some others trying to introduce uh, NBA basketball to African countries. African countries need to improve on their electricity, their water, and their sewage before you get your kids all strung out on basketball. Just think, how many young people, Eric, is wasted, don't get to make it to the big stage like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant? and say a, a Shaquille O'Neal, a whole lot of them that don't get to make oh, yeah. it to this big stage. Mm-hmm. Yes, but they have prov- the energy and a distraction for, for a lot of them. If, you know, they, if they would put some of that energy into sports and entertainment into, you know, into more studying, you know, and learning, and that way, um, yeah, that, right, that, that would be better. Yeah. But, but most of the time, the problem is not the children. It's the parents that's pushing them in, in, in those directions. That's true. That's, the that's their problem. ticket out of poverty. Okay, I still got I got the question which relates to what you guys are talking about. Why is it? What is the you, question? Because you were talking about uh, kids in the black community think it's easier to become a rapper or an athlete than to get a job. And I'm thinking... Why is that? Because if they go straight from high school through college, it's only four years, and then after four years, you're going to get some kind of, it may not be the exact 
type of job that you want because not everybody gets the break that they want, but eventually they can they can change their direction and go back into it if they can if they can get the resources. But why is it that the kids think it's easier to become a rapper or an a- top athlete than it is to go through school to get a job as an accountant or an engineer or um, or work in the corporate world? Why do you think that is? I well, think it's that environment. It's environment. That's the soul environment. Hold on, hold on. You know what, though? Hold on, hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute, Miss Lady. You know, Joe, and I, w- I want to get this in before I let y'all go, and then I'll forget my thoughts here. Um, it, uh, the answer to your question, one of the answers to your question, Joe, is because that's all they're shown. That is it. Even even when you take uh, someone like LeBron or um, Shaq, let's take Shaq, for instance, you know, you only know, thing they show is the test or, or a great they come and they play to the pros and you're breaking up again, Eric. I'm bringing up. You might have to lower your volume again. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, you got to go Hopefully. Say what? That's better? Is that you better now? You might be okay now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah. As basically, what I was saying is what there's, they're, they're showing not showing those athletes going back and getting their degrees or, or you know, okay. being being an entrepreneur like Shaq. Shaq has has, uh, has invested in so many Papa John's, for one, you know, but they're not showing that part of it. The only thing they're showing is, hey, you throw this ball in the hoop, you can make millions and millions of dollars. They're not showing the work behind it. And the same with the music industry. You know, everybody thinks, yeah, getting up there singing is making the money. No, that's not the, the part of making the money. It's the producing. Uh, getting out there and producing other acts and things, that's where your money come in at. But that is not the things that's being shown to our children, even told to our children. You know, the thing they know is they get out there on the field, score some touchdowns, you know, uh, uh, do a couple of dances in the end zone, and now they got the, the this new deal where, the, the, you know, they can get paid for their likenesses and things like that. So, they, they, you know, I just read what, a couple of weeks ago where this high schooler signed a, a deal for the, their likeness and image. I ain't really. I, what, what are you showing them? You know what I mean? It's, it's just this easy, but it's not. And, and that's one of the reasons why. And the other reason is, as we've said before, we can't, you know, it's not being, other alternatives are not being introduced to them at a younger age. It's just, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you make mention of that because my nephew my wife, auntie, son, son is the number one high school college recruit in the nation. The name is Luther Burden, B-U-R-D-E-N. And uh, we've been having discussions, myself and other uncles, over that fact because he chose to go to Missouri, which that was between him and his father. But we got to make sure that they, he is not exploited because he will be offered these millions of dollars or whatever it is for his likeness and image. And all that has to be put in place as far as copyright, uh, Trademark. and, uh, trademarks, yeah, trademarks, and so on and so on and so on. So 
I, I, I used to take his father camping back in the 70s. His father, his uncle, his father's brother, his cousin Kenny, which is my wife's brother, and also another cousin, Terrence. And, uh, you know, he had became what he had. Uh, he was, they, they pushed him in athletics. They pushed him into that field, either basketball or football. And, uh, you know, football, his, uh, he turned down Alabama, he turned down Georgia, and chose to go to Mizzou. That's the family's decision. But uh, you have to step forward and give that guidance to even the parents and make sure that they put things in place that will protect this young man and also help to create the intergenerational wealth that uh, you would hope comes out of that. Okay. Yes, All right. because there's an old adage in the country, even though, you know, it's just lip service most of the time, is that you should not reap what you did not sow. And he, if he's the one doing all of that practice and 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 and, give, and being disciplined and you know and playing games and doing well, he should he should get the benefits of that. And that's all I believe. I think so many black people and others have been so taken advantage of, and others have become enriched off of their backs, off of their hard labor, their creativity, their time and discipline. But I hear what you're saying, Eric. You know, now this is going to be promoted at the high school uh, level, so that now kids are even more, more so going to say, "Well, I can be one of those too." When there's only a right. very few, the very few. You know, my yeah. brother's a retired school teacher, and he taught in a uh, <clears throat> pretty, you know, low-income area, mostly black students, some others. But he showed me a, a YouTube um, video. Some of his former students who are now in high school, they all get they gang members. They they rapping. They look so dusty, and, and um, there's a, a quite a few, and they doing gang signs. And then she they have dusty. some older men who should know better that were hopping out of the video, um, and they look like they were like in their late thirties promoting this stuff. And you know it's just really sad. He said I used to teach those kids when they were young. Let me look at them. Well, it's got to be a mixture. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Uh, if, if you can't you can't let a child just come up and have concentration on rapping, baseball, not baseball, but football and basketball. That's, you have to have them in the academics too. You have to balance that out. And, and looking at the child, yeah. which you should know. That a child that's five foot three is not going to be playing on national National Basketball Association. So, his more emphasis should be on academics in those cases. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we we got that part covered. All right. So next time you see a homeless person out there, you know, uh, don't just ignore them. You know, think about it. Think about if you was in that situation. Let's get to this other topic. I want to talk about abortion. Yeah, buddy. Let's talk about abortion, and not just just the act itself, but what is what are the the, the mental and physical tolls it takes on women, and why do women have abortions anyway? You know, what what is the mindset, and how do they feel um, some sometime after they had the abortion? So yeah, that's what we're gonna dive into right about now because it, it's very interesting. It, it really is. <laughs> really? So. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So what are some of the reasons? Um not ready for another child. It's bad timing. 
can't afford a baby right now. Uh, children are grown. You know, I'm through giving children, having children. Uh, don't want to be a single mother, you know, because my baby daddy is a, you know, a knucklehead. Um, I'm too young to have a baby. You know, I'm not mature enough. Would interfere with my education or my career goals. You know, something we were just talking about, which, you know, is an interesting uh, um, situation as well. You know, um, physical problem with the health, with my health. Uh, possible problems, you know, with, with the baby, you know, maybe in, in, in the uterus or what have you. So those are some of the reasons women say they have they, they have abortions or have even just thought about it. Now, I understand a lot of women, some women, you know, that are considered, have considered abortions. For one of these reasons right here, you know, I'm sure there's many others, but they have uh, chose to have the child after all. But the interesting thing, um, there was a study I was reading where it said um, a lot of the women, over 80% of the women asked about it three to five years later, said they don't regret having an abortion. You know, they feel they felt relief. You know, and, and that kind of shocked me. And I'm like, hey, really? You felt relief? And, and then when you start looking at these reasons, you really begin to say, huh, I never thought about that. I, because, you know, that was just something that we never considered. You know, we should be uh, relieved. You know, I always thought the mental state would just would be crazy. Now, I'm not saying all women, but in this study, 85% of the women, I think it was 1,000 women, and they followed them for like, they contacted them for like 10 years, you know, in increments, just to see what their thought process was. And, and after having an abortion, now, yeah, so... That was that was interesting in in itself. Um, Ross, you know, and me and Ross have had this conversation. And the other thing is, Ross has some very interesting um, views about because I never thought about the effect that abortion would have on on, on a male. You know, besides you didn't tell Absolutely. me, you know, you didn't tell me that was my child, you know, or, or right. anything like that. So go ahead, Ross, and let him, let's hear some of what you have you you thinking of when we discuss this. Yeah, like I was saying, you know, many times, you know, well, the 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 the, the precept is that okay, it's my body, I do what I want to. Nobody takes in consideration the life of that child, and that you, lady, didn't make that child by yourself. What about the father? Why doesn't somebody get his input? Now, I know some years ago, uh, I don't remember what state it was, but a man sued, you know, um, his girlfriend or whatever and tried to uh, prevent her from getting an abortion. You know, I don't remember if he he was successful or not, but, um, but, um, you know, he was like, "Listen, you ain't got to raise you. You ain't got to raise a child. I will." But nobody takes that part into consideration. It's like, okay, you ain't got no say so. You know, you don't have no say so over what I do with my body. But that's still his child. And why isn't that and 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 an aspect of it? You know, and so um, so he he. I think what he eventually ended up doing was. Um, um, suing the place where she went to get the abortion, and um, wow. 
um, because he was not noti- notified. Yeah, here it is. It was in Madison County, Alabama. Um, and he, uh, his name was Ryan Maggers, and he said that he begged his, his ex-girlfriend not to terminate her pregnancy. She did it anyway. So he sued them. He sued the pharmaceutical company. He sued the clinic. Um, and eventually, um, uh, they, Madison County, it says here that the, the aborted fetus was recognized as a, as a person with rights, which it, 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 it should be. Mm-hmm. But that is not in the case. You see the extent that, you know, you, you, a man has to go through to protect rights that he should have for his child, even though you're the entity that's carrying it. Let's say you're like, you know, when people get surrogate, uh, surrogates to, care, to carry their child because they can't, you know, they can't carry it. That woman right. doesn't keep that child. She gives it to the parents. So why shouldn't a man have that option rather than finding out about it, you know, after the fact, oh, yeah, well, I was pregnant, but I got an abortion. You know, I can see that destroying a person. I can see that causing, you know, a person to get the hell beat out of them because at, at, in a fit of rage, you just <laughs> grab them. You know, you just grab them without thinking. And like, how could you do something like that to me? You know, and 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 I just think that that's the side of it that nobody considers and nobody takes in into account. Because as I said, it, it, it took two people to create that life. Why does only one person have the final say so? I, I just don't think that, that that's right. You know what, uh, Eric? I'm really mad yes. at you. What you mad at I'm me about? I'm really mad at you because you didn't let Miss Ross speak as much as she should have in the past, but we used to have <laughs> arguments. I'm dead on with her on this. The last two topics. All righty then. I'm dead on with her. She is absolutely right. Why are you denying that male fatherhood? Right. And wait a minute. Since that we got so many males in in sports that's trying to make the big stage, well, they want to have a boy that they can push further than what they reach, and she's denying that to them. Think. <laughs> oh my goodness! Did we say growth? Did we say there was some growth going on out here today? But um, yeah, I, I have no. I agree. I agree. And we we've talked about this before. You know, we we really have. Um, but why 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 is the male you know, the male not really really um considered in this thing? Why have why has no the laws? You know, not protected the male as well as they've been trying to protect the female. Why is that? And why is it why is it that my body, my choice apply to abortion, but it does not apply to my child, my choice when it comes to vaccinations? Well, you got the state of New York is trying to take children away from parents because the parent don't want the child to have a vaccination or anything that will come along like that later on. And I'm gonna tell you this but quick little story. But not only mm-hmm. but not only that, Pianchi, the the unrelenting pursuit of a father 
you know, to pay child support once that child is here, but yet he don't have no say-so of whether or not that child gets here. But once it is here, oh, yeah, you got to take responsibility. That, that's just ass backwards. You know? Yeah, it's it, ass backwards. It is like yeah. it, it's two peas in the same pod, but we're going to give you this one, but you can't have that one. No. Right. That, 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 that is selective reasoning, selective judgment, and it just should not be that way. It doesn't just stop there when they find out that that child is not that man's baby. The courts make him continue to pay for it anyway. That's right. Yep, some states do. That is true. Because I worked for child support here in Leon County, and they say, well, you've been paying all this time. We're not going to bastardize that child. (laughs) What? What? But it's okay for me to abort (laughs) You know, right. It's okay for me to abort it up to four months, you know, 16 weeks or 20 weeks when that child is a viable fetus with a heartbeat, with blood circulating through his or her body, with a brain, with feelings. But it's okay to get it, you know, that child sucked out in parts in a two-day process. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead, Joe. I heard you. Go ahead, Joe. Nah, she said it all. I've been saying this for years. I said how come nobody needs men? Men aren't viable until it comes time for the baby to be born. And then the woman has all the options. She has the veto. She had the veto power to begin with as to whether or not the man and she would have sex. And then all of a sudden, he's a viable part of the, of the whole equation by having the money to pay for a child he didn't want and said so in the beginning. And the sad thing is, Ms. Ross, you got some of these women, and I know one. I know her. And I was told that she had a late-term abortion, I guess maybe within a week of her water breaking. And, of course, when you have them like that, they have to tear that baby apart in the womb because if it come out alive, you have to do everything that you can to keep it alive. You know what she complains to her grandmother? Her name, this lady's name is Renee. She's young at the time. Her mother's name is Murdis. She complained to her grandmother that she hear crying in her head. It's called a psychological effect. She hear the baby crying in her head. Now, that's a fact. I ain't making this up. That's that, that what is she true. said. That is, that, that, that is actually true. I have actually heard that. I've read that in some instances, you know, where, where women are regretting abortions or having you know, mental issues regarding abortion, you know, and, and hey, what do you tell them? I mean, what, what, what can you tell them? It's the choice that they made, and, and, and these are the consequences for that choice. It's not that you don't have empathy for them, but really, what, what can you tell them? You just have to get, they just going to have to get to a place where they find peace with the decision that they made. Huh. <laughs> All right. No, she's right. And then, you know, our decisions have consequences. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And the little part of it, that's you know, that that is some interesting in itself. Pianki says she says she hears crying in her head. You know that that is very interesting, and I would think there would be um um. That that would be uh, uh, I'm not gonna say uh, uh, uncommon thing, but 
I think it's very rare, more than likely. I really do. As far as the late-term abortion as well, because 50, what, uh, three? Yeah, 43% um, chose abortion, you know, in 2020 anyway. 43% chose abortions within six weeks or less. Or less. So, you know, that's, that's kind of fast to make that decision. And as we said, when the father is not even consulted, you know, mm-hmm. or, told, or told later, you know, mm-hmm. I think that has, may have a bigger effect on him than her, okay. even though it is her body. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand it's her body. But I do well, you feel know, that Eric, the father should have a choice. Yes, the Yankee. Would you stay in the house in Amityville? Remember the movie? <laughs> if a woman has had multiple abortions, then she tried to conceive. You are trying to form a baby in a haunted house. Come on, think. That is a haunted house. That's what the womb becomes. Now see, see nobody okay, here you know, knows. You went to the left on that one, Pianchi. Now, but go ahead, Joe. Nobody you here knows that Pianchi. We're not there, but I like the I like the analogy though. But see, I like I, the analogy. What I'm about to say is that nobody knows that Pianchi had game when he was younger. You should have heard him on the show when he was talking about how all you women have sacred wounds. And man, I can just I can just hear all the women on the show just melting for Pianchi. And I'm saying, oh, Jesus. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna say it like this. Actually, that womb don't belong to that woman. That womb is where God does his things. True. I agree with you. It's just in your possession. And if all it right. was any other way it could have been done. Believe me, it would have been done. But that womb is just in your possession. It belongs to the Creator because that's where life comes out of. And, P, you were talking about uh, women hearing crying in their head. The first time I heard of it, but I instantly termed it the phantom womb because it's similar to what happens to people. And, um, uh, Eric, you know about this. Friends of yours, I'm sure, from Afghanistan have had legs blown off and they've had to experience what's called the phantom limb, where they keep yeah. saying they feel their leg, even though their leg is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And when you put it in that, that that put it that way, Joe, I understand that the, the, her hearing them cries a little bit more. But that goes to show it does have some effect. You know, oh, yeah. it, it really does. You know, but. <laughs> I, I'm just stuck on this man part, you know, because I, I, like I said, I never really considered it to have uh, so much, uh, that much of a, a physical, I mean, uh, a psychological effect on a man, more of a woman than a man. But you know, from, from having this conversation, you know, I, I have to rethink, you know, some of the ways I think about it right now, you know, because I've said on the show before though that yes, the father should be included in that decision. Because P. Ross said it, you know, it took two of y'all to make that child. Now, I know the argument is, wait a minute, Mr. Talk, is he going to bring around to, to help raise this child? Or Well, you don't know if you don't give him a choice, you know. And if he say, some fathers have said, look, just give me the baby then, you know. Give- yeah, but then they don't even do that. I've always advocated. Exactly. Yeah. I've advocated for a contract. Where um, a woman says, you know what, well, yes, darling, I agree with you. I, I, 
I don't want any children either, and if I do happen to get pregnant, then I will have an abortion. But it's against general policy. That's the excuse of the lawmakers. Because if she changes her mind and says, well, honey, you don't know what it's like to have the hormones rushing through your body. I'm in love with this child. But but we agreed. Yes, I know, honey, but you're a woman. You're responsible for your decisions. You're a full-grown woman. You said you were um, mature and accountable. I know, honey, but, but. But much. Well, you know, Joe. After the after the baby's born, all of a sudden, forty percent of his salary goes towards a baby he never wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing too, Joe. If you and that woman is having sex, and she reach her orgasm before you do, and she say stop, but anything beyond the stop is rape. Yeah. Right. Sure. And I've told and I've told women, look, because you know I used to practice what was called the rhythm method. Right? Yeah. Until I, uh huh. <laughs> But, but okay. there is a certain, there's a certain part of us as men, the physiological part. Once you reach a certain part of that orgasmic um, exercise, you cannot stop. Those are exactly. facts. You Those can't. are true facts. You can't. Somebody say that's not true? I say no. that's true. Oh. Yeah, you can. And, too, when you you work into that orgasm, you're completely out of your mind. When you have the <laughs> orgasm, then your senses begin to return. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but when, <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. See, what you say? You out of your mind? Well, <laughs> you know it. You know what he means. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what he means. Okay, that's all I got to say. Is okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Your senses All right. return. You jump up and try to recall that sperm, but uh uh-uh, uh, it ain't coming back. Them sperm are just swimming their ass off to get to that egg. And you know, here's another thing, too, people don't know. When you ejaculate in a woman, I mean, listen to this. This is facts. When you ejaculate in a woman, her immune system try to kill that spermazoid. That's why come only the strongest one makes it to that egg. Yeah, that's true. Because it's a foreign yeah. invader. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah it's like Once again. Like one, either one in a hundred thousand or one in a million. I forget which of the zeros. One, one of them gets to the edge, yeah. Yeah. But if you have, <laughs> but if you got two males having anal sex, what happens when that baby runs into that, you know what? Okay, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. We don't want to talk about it, but I mean, no, think about yeah. it. No, we ain't even thinking about that. No, we don't even yeah. thinking about that. Oh, I, Pianca, I don't know if I stole this, uh, if I heard this from you, but did you hear the joke about, you know, you know what happens when a, when a girl says, like, I can't have sex tonight, honey? What's the excuse when two... Um, no, 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 The woman is on a period. The gay guys got diarrhea. No, no. See, see, I, I knew that was gonna go left. I knew it was gonna go left. That was a good one, though. Gross, but Which? When Miss Ross get home, she gonna call somebody. Watch it. No, no, Girl, let me hear you what I heard. Right. See? Oh yeah, you will, Pete. See? 
See that that yeah. see y'all trying to get my y'all trying to get my show protested by the alphabet people. See there you go. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, y'all. You know All right, that's that 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 Miss Lady's gonna. I don't know if she's still here. She's gonna come off the show and she say, "I got a joke for you," and then it's gonna be that joke, and we're gonna say, "Where'd you get it from?" She's gonna say, "I got it from P. Ross." <laughs> no, they not. <laughs> Don't even that. That 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 will not be repeated by these people. Yeah. That's a bit much. <laughs> oh, that's a whole lot of stuff there, right there. Oh God, yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, Tiaki, you got one in today. <laughs> you did. You stuck that in there. You did it. You did it. You got that in. Yeah, with the help of Joe. You snuck it in. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Anyway, so abortion, the mental side, you know, yeah, the the male, I think the male is overlooked because I'm a male and I overlook that part, you know. uh and to my knowledge, I don't know anyone that's ever had an abortion, one of my child's so children, so I don't know nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some male men out there that are really, you know, more upset about it, if nothing else. <laughs> what about nothing paternity else. fraud? Same thing. It's the other side of the Ooh. coin, where a man has to pay for for a child he believes is his, but um, it, but wasn't his, isn't his, and the, and even though he found out that it isn't his, he still got to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that one case where the, the two um, lesbians adopted a child and, and actually had, you know, had a, a male, you know, sperm used to inseminate and had the male sign a, a, a disclosure group saying he, you know, he didn't have to have any part of the, the child or whatever until they broke up. And then the state, I think it was in Kansas, the state went after the guy and he ended up no, having to pay a Oh, yes, re- regardless of that contract, you know yeah. the state said yes, you will pay child support because you are the father. You know, oh. and, and you know stuff like that is just, you know, that shows just how lopsided the law is when it comes to this this type of uh, 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 situation. You know, whether it's a, abortion or, or child support or what have you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the law right. is just lopsided. So, and, and you know, and, and that's the crazy part that that I was saying earlier because. You know, all of a sudden, when it comes to child support, this child got all these rights, you know. Um, but, okay, we use you as a surrogate. You're, you're not even supposed to have anything to do with this child. So if that was the case at the beginning, it should, still should be the case at the end of it. But because he was that biological father, and the law says that you can't deny a child the right to child support, okay, why wasn't it handled as an adoption case? Because these two, these two people, you know, came together in their same-sex relationship, so-called married, you know, so they are the parents of this child. Why couldn't that ex-spouse be responsible for paying child support? That's how it is right. in an adoptive family when the father, you know, the parents' rights are usurped or taken away. Right. And also, I, I don't get that. Like I said, you know, it, 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 it's just a, a, a total 
mis 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 you know it, it misrepresentation of the whole scenario it's a, it's, when yeah. it comes to the father's right, you know, pertaining to abortion versus child support. It's a two edged sword that, that 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 is truly unjust when it comes to the men's perspective. And it doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to make sense. People don't understand that. They think that the law is there to, to look out for it. The law is there to make the lobbyists rich, to make the judges mm. rich, uh, based upon whatever decision they make that benefits the lobbyists. They get a certain cut of it. There have been judges who have been, I think, in family court who were assigning uh, juveniles to certain prisons and found out that these judges were being paid by the uh, for profit. They were prisons. being paid by the prisons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To keep their numbers up, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, but look how, but look how long it took for them to catch these people. Mm-hmm. And you know, people know that was going on. But look oh how yeah, long remember, remember the flim flam, some drugs they was putting kids on. The judges was getting kicked back on that in New York. I don't, not yeah. Mm-hmm. About that. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard about that one. The, the that 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 um um ADHD drug uh Ritalin and all of this stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. the, oh mm, yeah, yeah. You know, because that was real popular in the the nineties and the two thousands. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, every kid every kid who couldn't sit still in, right. in who couldn't sit still in class, you know, was was determined to be ADHD. And, and dumb parents instead of trying to advocate was, for their, their advocate for their child, it was getting what kind of it, check? It was getting right, a crazy it, check, remember? Yeah, yep, yep. It was every, you know, mm-hmm. parents would just say, "Oh well, okay, yeah, no, not yeah." It's like, getting an SSI you know, check. Yep. Yeah, yep. it was called the crazy check. You know that is really that is really low down when you do something like that, boy. <clears throat> it really is, and you know the military wouldn't take a, a person. Who was ever on Ritalin? I think they still that way. Oh really? Hmm. Wow, yeah. really? Uh, uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know. I have to check that out. I don't know. And the reason why I say that because the military gives so much medication. Heck, I don't know how they can say no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, they get. Hey, okay. I mean, really? Okay when they give, it's okay when they give it to you, but if you come in on it, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, that's another thing too. How that's about crazy logic? Yeah. Because if the military says that they're not going to accept anybody who's taking Ritalin, then a lot of people are going to say, "Get give me a gallon of Ritalin." <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, we know in, in, during time of war they start taking anybody. It doesn't matter after that point. But yeah, mm-hmm. still trying to save money. Then yeah, they they put these dang on restrictions out. But um, it was something else I had to say re- regarding abortion. But it was, about I got that nasty, yeah, yeah, I got that nasty joke stuck in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross, wasn't it? But it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it just stuck right there, right now. I, I Joe started that. I did. There he did. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, he <laughs> did. He mentioned it. He mentioned it, Joe, and P.A. finished it. That's right. I, did, I forgot <laughs> about it. I got it from him. <laughs> ah, 
Yeah. All right, y'all. Twelve minutes left. We're going to get out of here on time today, I think. It was a good show for the first one back. But as always, let y'all get your last words in. First one in, last one in, first one out. So go ahead, Pianki. Give me some last words. Well, you know, this is the starting of a new year. I really hope that everyone makes it through safely, their family members, and be mm-hmm. prosperous. Everybody has the uh, black eyed peas, collard greens, and whatever else nope, that's traditional for your family. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just enjoy yourself and keep your eyes open and your ears pierced. <laughs> I know, right? Ears pierced. Okay. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> well, thank you, Pianchi. And you have a great week, and i hear from you next week. All right. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I got another joke. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, you don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Good. I just want to say everybody be safe, all right, and ha- happy new year. And I'm glad to find out that all of us, no joking around now, had a side to us that we didn't know. We all knew we were nice, but we didn't know that we all had a heart. So that's a little bit different. It's nice to find that out. So... I'm wishing everybody a happy new year, and just like Bianchi, hope everybody has a you know fruitful new year. Because um, I'm not, a, I'm anticipating lousy 2022, 23, and 24 for America. And oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> All right, depends on the, the persuasion, I guess. All right, thanks, Joe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross, you, you come on, give it to me. Well, it was a great show. It's good to hear, you know, Joe Pianchi, you know, Miss Lady Views and stuff. You know, these are very important topics when we're when 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 we're talking about homelessness and when we're talking about um, abortions because we have to really look at not the just the topic or not this the issue, but the humanistic side of it and realize that these are human beings, that these are people. Too many times, you know, um, we tend to take the human side out of the analogy and tend to want to deal with the numbers rather than to deal with the people. We need to get back to um, a life where we deal with people rather than numbers and bring back, you know, the compassion and the empathy, you know, um, and need, you know, to try and help people. And only then, you know, This country, this world, your state, your city, you know, wherever you are, your neighborhood, just starting in your neighborhood. It only takes one one act of kindness that may flow over into a greater deed. You never know how you can touch a a person's life or change a person's, you know, or change a person's life for the better just by being kind, just by showing some compassion, just by showing some empathy, you know, just by – sitting there, mouth shut, listening, you know, just to be a listening to ear, just just to let somebody know that, hey, I care, you know, instead of always saying, why isn't somebody else doing this or why won't this this government entity or, or this nonprofit organization do this when it very well may be something that you need to do or initiate yourself. So just, just, Understanding the value of people and not over overlooking the needs, overlooking the faces, the downtrodden faces, the broken hearts. Because there very well may be something small 
that turns out to be a great thing that you've done for this person. So just looking at that in the coming new years, we know since 2019, 2020 with this pandemic, you know, all of us have lost loved ones. Some are still losing loved ones. You know, things are happening, not just the pandemic, but the violence, the outbreak of violence that has occurred across this nation. You know, people are losing people every day. So we need to value the time that we have on this earth and, 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 and let those we love know how much we care about them. Let them know that we're going to be, you know, we'll be there for them if ever they need a ear, if ever they need a hand, whatever, that we'll just be there for them. So Joe said that uh, he envisions 2022, 2023, 2024 to be worse than, than it's been. If that's going to be the case, we're definitely going to need each other. So we need to show a little bit more love and compassion for each other. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. All right. And thank you, ma'am, as always. You know, great information. You know, <laughs> hey, I thank you much. All right, y'all. So we're going to get out of here. Um, Hey, great show, man. I tell you, a lot of great information. You know, we laughed a little bit, you know, talked a little serious issue. But let's let's be real. Everyone out there, you're not going to be able to help. Everyone out there is not going to want your help. But if you just help one person, one person, you know, and don't look for any any praise or whatever, you know, just do it out of the kindness of your heart, you'd be surprised, as, as Ross say, you know, would appreciate it. We, we, we just, you know, because everybody's not going to want to want help. And it's okay. But you know what? I often say, you know, the homeless, some of the homeless, as I was saying earlier in the show, their minds are beautiful, you know, and, and it's amazing how even though they're going through such hard times and, and living through such brutal weather, depending on what state and city that you, they're in, you know, their mind is active and working, you know, and, and sometimes we need to listen to what they have to say because they're out there on the street. They're seeing what we we fail to recognize. Those are facts. You know, yeah, some of them out there crazy as bed bugs, but the majority of them, they, they, they have a, a lot to say. We just have to take the time and have the patience to listen to it. All right? So that's going to do it for me. It's been fun. Glad to be back. New year. Yeah, same old stuff. We know. But, hey, we still going to talk about it, right? We're going to try and put different twists on it and look at it in different ways. Because sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to just look at stuff differently. Um, yeah, you know, like the show today, homelessness and abortion, you know, we, we went a totally different way with it, but it's good because that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take to make things better. All right. So just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. Ain't learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself. Everything else is just groovy. Hey, follow me on um, social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, Eric, let's talk. You know, y'all know how to find it. Um, yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just took it myself then. I hear somebody say something crazy. But, yeah, and uh, if you haven't followed me on, on Blog Talk, you know, hit the follow button. Be appreciated. All right, so we're going to get out of here with some UGK. I know that's the Underground Kings, y'all, and one day a nice smooth groove, but it makes so much sense. All right, y'all have a great week, and we'll be back here next Monday. Have fun. We're out of here.
Instagram.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.